Welcome to the Growing in Grace podcast, where you can listen in on some casual conversation about the good news of Jesus without all of the inconsistent religious double talk. If you've ever struggled with feelings of hopelessness, guilt, and despair, or wondered if you're really right with God, it's time to discover the true freedom that comes with the gospel of unlimited and overflowing grace. Okay, you want to be starting something, you got to be starting something. We're starting this week's Growing in Grace podcast. I'm Joel Brzezinski, along with Mike Kapler, and uh, Cap had uh, just several years ago, many years ago, when we were in radio, um, there was a quote, and this is dynamic. I mean, this is something that, this is something that when you hear this quote, you will always remember this. And this will change your life. And and the quote, this is what you said, Mike Kepler. Can you picture Jesus in a three-piece suit? <laughs> Life-changing, right? You reminded me of that before we came on here, and I had completely forgot about that good soundbite. That, that was actually a clip from one of our morning shows. <laughs> yeah, those were good times. It's, it's interesting. I mean... Ke- can you picture Jesus <laughs> wearing well, a three-piece I mean, suit? It, it, it's funny because, you know, especially probably back then in, in the context that we were using it, you know, kind of probably poking a little bit of fun at, at religious people who focus on those external things. And and so, we, you know, that line came out, can you picture that? And I remember asking it all serious, you know, like, uh, but uh, yeah, it seems like you put together a montage with a bunch of funny little things and that was in there. I think it was, yeah. Yeah. I, I wish yeah, I could you find picture that. picture Jesus in a three-piece suit? So now it's funny just to think about it off the top of your head, but now try to picture it. Or maybe you've heard this before, but have you ever had somebody tell you, okay, I command you. I'm commanding you not to think of a purple elephant for the rest of this week. Do not ever think in your mindset or in your mind of a purple elephant. Well, now let's turn this around here with this little thing and say, I, I do not, I command you, I do not want you to think about Jesus <laughs> in a three-piece suit. Not all week long. Don't even imagine it. That's right. Yeah. So everybody listen everybody listening this is for you right now do not picture Jesus in a three piece suit we command you <laughs> Of course the point of all this is what you're told not to do actually uh, fuels the desire to want to do it whether even if you don't want to do it it fuels the desire to do it you kind- you suddenly the thing you're told not to do is suddenly the thing you become uh, all wrapped up in. It has the opposite effect, doesn't it? Yes. Yeah, it's like I, I, I can't now. I I was commanded to not picture Jesus in a three-piece suit, and now I can't get that image out of my head. <laughs> I can't, it won't leave. <laughs> I, I can't I not picture a purple elephant. Mine. Yeah. <laughs> that, is his hair still long? I mean, you know, what are you thinking? <laughs> yeah, um, really. And, and, and and this whole concept of, of commandment keeping, it didn't just start with the Israelites. Let's go back to the first human that we're aware of was on the planet based on the writings that we know. His name was Adam. He was given one command, and it wasn't don't think of purple elephants. <laughs> it wasn't don't picture Jesus in a three-piece suit. It was just, hey, I got all these trees here for you, guy. 
there's just one I don't want you to, to eat from. Because if you do, you'll die. Um, and what happened? Well, we know the rest of the story. But just one, one, not 613, not 10, one commandment that the man couldn't keep. Yeah, and, and Adam hadn't named the purple elephants yet, so at that time. <laughs> <laughs> he was in well, charge of that. <laughs> but that, that had to be such a fascinating time because apparently, uh, you know, I'm kind of on a serious note here, but I, apparently animals could communicate with the humans mm -hmm. at that time. I mean, otherwise, because otherwise, uh, when when the, the 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 beast came along that is called the serpent and started talking to Eve, she didn't seem surprised. Right. Wait a minute, you can talk. And I mean, none of that happened. So it seems like somewhere after the fall, there there was a disconnect there. Yeah, because like later on, when Balaam's donkey was talking, that that was odd. That yes. was a, that was a miracle. That was strange. Yes. But when the Kinda serpent like, talked, uh, Wil Wilbur and Mister Ed, the old sixties <laughs> television show, Wilbur. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Another TV show reference. I was going to yes, bring we, up. We squeezed one in. I was going to bring up the Adams family. I might do that another, another time. Um, had I read a story on them, but I would get way off here. But it, yeah, it is. It I is, will hand it to you if you do. This <laughs> this whole um, hand thing wasn't was thing in in the Adams family. Oh yes, was it th the hand was called thing, right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, I, I, my joke is no good then. That's why you said you will hand it to the me. The joke's no that, good here, pal. That's what happened. <laughs> now, do not, I command you to not think of a hand <laughs> that is just by itself <laughs> on the Adams family called thing. Well, anyway, things that are commanded. It's kind of what we're. <laughs> wanting to talk about here we you know the um we've shared many times i came across this idea this thing on on the internet and you'll find different websites just type in search for 1050 new testament commands you'll come up with different websites and and what the point of this is that there what came to me this week was people be believers there are certain believers who anything they read in the bible is a command from god it's it's everything is thought of as a commandment from God that you must follow because it's in the Bible, and so God said it, and so we have to do it. That's kind of the mindset. And there's this website that I'm looking at right now, 1,050 New Testament Commands. It says there are 1,050 commands in the New Testament for Christians to obey. Uh, it says some other things, and it says they cover every phase of man's life and his relationship to God and his fellow men and now and here, uh, now and hereafter. If obeyed, they will bring rich rewards here and forever. If disobeyed, they will bring condemnation and eternal punishment. So we've got a thousand and fifty commandments in the New Testament. Forget about the six hundred and thirteen in the Old Testament. We got a thousand and fifty that we had to follow, or we or it will bring condemnation and eternal punishment. And some of the things that it it talks about is um all right uh, be courteous <laughs> that's what you know peter said in first peter 3 8 be courteous be content with what you have hebrews 13 5 be gentle to all people second timothy 2 24 uh, be like-minded be of one accord from philippians there are all these things then of course uh, do not forsake assembling together 
Jesus told the woman caught in adultery, go and sin no more. So people take these things as commandments that if you do not follow them, you're toast. You know, you're lost forever. <laughs> Whereas where we look at the, the way that we look at these things in the new covenant, uh, pers- from a new covenant perspective, with a new covenant mindset where uh, our sin has been taken away, we're not condemned. There is no condemnation. There is no eternal punishment that we're looking at because, you know, Jesus shed blood, brought about the forgiveness of sins, as we talked about a few weeks ago. Um, That's another one. You know, uh, we're commanded to forgive one another. All because, well, Jesus said, if you don't forgive others their sins, God won't forgive you. We've talked about that a few weeks ago. Whereas um, Paul said, now in the New Covenant, after all sins have been forgiven— uh, f- forgive one another because you've already been forgiven, not in order to, to get forgiveness. And so we looked at that as a, as a as a as an exhortation, as an encouragement. Let's forgive each other because we've been forgiven. But now these people will take it as as a commandment. Your command, <laughs> they'll still take it as a commandment. Like you have to forgive others, um, or else you're going to face eternal punishment for that. And so talking this week a little bit about the difference between a commandment uh, as, as you go about reading these New Testament epistles. And in so many cases, Paul wasn't commanding. It wasn't a commandment from God that Paul was giving. He was encouraging the church, encouraging people in the body of Christ in light of the fact that they're now new creations in, in Christ. They've been made new. Let's live this way and not that way. He who stole, let him stole, let him steal no more, but work with his hands. That's not a commandment. It's an it's an exhortation. This is you once were that way previously. Now how about thinking about life this way? Instead of thinking that if you don't follow this commandment or that commandment, you're gonna face eternal consequences. Yeah, I mean, that's a good example right there. Uh, let him who uh, used to steal don't steal anymore. Um, why not just give them the, the commandment from the stone tablets? Right. <laughs> remember remember the stone tablets? Uh, thou shalt not steal. That's even more true now that you're in Christ. He didn't say that. Why? Because in other places, Paul said those commandments were the ministry of death and condemnation. So we have a better option now, the, the Spirit of God. So it wouldn't make sense for Paul to quote the Ten Commandments and encourage people to live by that rule. He's just explaining, you're in Christ now, you have a new identity, you're a child of, of God, you are his righteousness. This is uh, now how you identify, this is how you should identify anyway, this is now who you have become. Um, and so you can begin to realize this and uh, behave, for lack of a better word right now, behave in a way that reflects that righteousness and holiness that you have inherited. Um, it's as simple as that. Uh, I mean, when you stop and think about it, I mean, but you know, so it's something we've talked about a little bit this past year is, um, you know, if, if it's, it's, a, it's a popular phrase to say something like the Bible is our final authority. I mean, that, that just it sounds so religiously correct. But really, when people say that, what they really mean is that what we think 
the Bible says is our final authority, mm-hmm. because these people who are advocating for uh, over a thousand New Testament commands for the for the Christian believer, um, they're as you were trying to explain, they're they're viewing this as the, these writings. I mean, they're just filled almost from verse to verse, it seems, with a a commandment, uh, a, a charge that really requires you to do this. Or, as you said, Joel, I think, um, you'll be, you know, living in eternal damnation. Mm -hmm. Uh, But here's the problem that the religious business never really conveys. And and that is, I mean, mean, this is such a myth and a fable, as Paul would call it. But it's just amazing, though, when you start talking about God, how people will buy into almost anything. It's, It's almost like we lose all common sense. And we get so tunnel visioned into a certain type of theology, I guess, a Bible message. So if if you were actually required to keep every single commandment, whether it's the top 10, the top 613, the top 1,050, um, if you're required to keep those or suffer the consequences who can do it? <laughs> I mean, what happens if you don't? I mean, 1,050, really? You have to do, how perfect do you have to be at keeping all those? <laughs> you know, what if you <laughs> fail? What if you fail and you don't realize you fail? You see where this is going? I mean, nobody can give you specifics uh, on all of that stuff. So it, it just causes fear and... Uh, it, it, it's one of those things that just brings people into despair. Uh, it doesn't, it's not good news. Uh, you know, it, it, all this stuff, like these exhortations that Paul gave and turning them inside out into commands that uh, end up with a certain condition attached, or some of the things that Jesus said to Jewish people who were still under the law, um, taking that out of context. So a lot of things here that we're, we're hitting on, but the, the, the point here is that you have been gifted with the righteousness of God, and it was by nothing that you did, and there's nothing you can do to hang on to it. I think that was one of the mentalities I used to be in, Joel, was that I used to think salvation was free, and God would forgive me up to that point, but now it's up to me. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Now it's my responsibility to maintain this thing somehow. Yeah, and that's I think there's there's the line right there that a lot of people don't necessarily understand that uh, it's a lot of these things they are good to do. There are good things to do, and there are good things to or there are bad things to avoid. We'll s- suffer earthly consequences or get the benefit of earthly consequences for the things we do. Uh, for example, I think one of the things I read off of this list was be courteous. It's good to be courteous. What if you're discourteous? A lot of times discourteous behavior breeds more discourteous behavior. And rude behavior breeds more rude behavior. You know, you, you if you're contentious with somebody, a lot of times you'll get more contention. And the, there will be earthly consequences to that. And so I think a lot of these things where Paul and the others were, you know, exhorting to be courteous, to be kind to one another, to love one another. It's all because these things are good for us to do to each other. Um, There's no eternal consequences 
for the way we live. Because again, those consequences have been taken care of through the cross of Jesus Christ once and for all. We can't do away with what Christ accomplished on our behalf. You know, I remember posting a few years ago uh, something about the, the woman caught in adultery and Jesus said, go and sin no more. And I remember somebody responded, I wonder if she did what he said, if she really never went and sinned anymore. You know, I kind of doubt it. <laughs> I, you know, it's like to tell, it, it, that was a an exhortation. It wasn't a commandment like, my goodness, then this forgiveness that I'm showing you right now, this display of compassion, and this, I just, you know, Jesus, I'm pretending it was Jesus speaking. I just showed, I just got these guys who were holding stones. They were ready to kill you. I got them to drop their stones. But if you go and sin some more, uh, that's all going to be taken back. No, it's nothing like that. It was an exhortation because these things are bad for you. Now, now turn around and go do good. Now, there, there's no expectation, I think, from Jesus that a person is never going to sin again. It's just a nice, uh, common exhortation. Anything you want to wrap up with, Cap, as our time runs out for this week? No, I think I'll save it for next week because I, I think what you just started there with uh, the woman caught in the act might be uh, something for us to continue with. Um, and it ties in a little bit with what we've been talking about here today. This has been Growing in Grace with Mike Kapler and Joel Brzezinski. Heard online through various internet sources around the world each week. Access past programs by visiting growingingrace.org. Share it with a friend and listen again next week for more Growing in Grace.